Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I am your co-host, and the other co-host is not here. I'm just here by myself today. So you just get Nate Thurston, and man, is this an important episode. As I was telling everyone, over the weekend, you know, I went and hung out with some family. It was a fun weekend. Got to hang out with the kids, do all that stuff. Did a little bit of talking about this whole Trump raid situation. And I just wanted to go through some of the things I'm hearing on different news channels, uh, different articles coming out, of course, uh, from the beginning of last week to the end of last week. Things changed. We haven't really heard much uh, over the weekend. And we're going to talk about how important this is and whether or not we are, in fact, heading towards a, uh, a, a massive and even bigger divide that could get worse and worse and whether or not this should be a reason for that. So if this is your first time listening, make sure you hit that follow button, go subscribe on whatever. And Hey, you could even subscribe on YouTube. It turns out we were only banned from YouTube for two days. I told everyone in the group, I was like, how the heck did we get banned on YouTube from a white pill Wednesday episode? Well, I never found out why, but I did file uh, a dispute on the matter and they just took the strike off of our account. So that's good. That's the second time now in a row that we got a strike and then they took it back afterwards. So we still have only received one strike. So they, the overlords are still allowing us to post things. And so now I have some videos from last week that I have to put up on YouTube when I couldn't do it last week. So while they allow, go watch us on YouTube. But I think everyone else in the group is right. We're going to have to look at the other options for putting out videos because this whole thing is getting really... It's pretty bad when I default to... Ah, uh, well, I'll just put these videos on Facebook. They let me put up anything. That's uh, that's getting pretty bad there, YouTube. All right. Everyone knows what happened last week. Everyone knows what happened with Trump, of course. Mar-a-Lago, the siege at Mar-a-Lago. We did, in fact, get the warrant, which we'll run through a little bit of that. And we're going to talk about why all of this matters. Uh, because the division between left and right is uh, uh, probably at all-time highs right now, at least in the 21st century, I would say, and I don't see any signs that it's going to cool off. And neither one of the major sides are very interested in cooling it off. So we just got to go through some of the facts and separate it from some of the fictions and some of the claims that have been made and try and figure out, is this a time that we should be very upset? Are we in fact talking about someone who broke laws and that needs to be enforced? And we should be okay with this happening because we would want the same thing to be carried out with other presidents who were members of political parties that we agree uh, less with than Republicans, since a lot of the people that listen to the podcast are actually libertarians. We have to, the, we have to try and look at this from a principled, objective standpoint, try and figure out what the truth is, what the truth isn't, so we don't end up in another bad situation like we did in January of 2021. You guys know what I'm talking about. I'm going to try not to mention it too many times. All right. And I'm going to tell you why this article from Business Insider, I'm going to, this is kind of why we have to talk about this. It's just kind of a precursor to all the stuff we're going to go through. So from Business Insider, they say the far right is calling for civil war after the FBI raid. Experts say that fight wouldn't look like the last one. So they brought in a bunch of civil war experts 
and talked about how it looks like we're going to go towards a civil war, at least if we, if we get what the far right wants. The far right wants a civil war. But it's not going to look like the previous one. Let's see why we're going to do this. In the wake of the FBI search, we all know that far-right figures have been spreading violent rhetoric online, including calls for war. The Republican Party has long portrayed itself as the defender of law and order. But the aftermath of the raid has seen GOP lawmakers like Marjorie Taylor Greene call for defunding the FBI. We'll just stop right there for a second. The Republican Party have always branded themselves as defenders of law and order. But if you don't like the kind of law and order that the federal government is imposing on you via the FBI, then you're not really for law and order. That's the kind of gaslighting we're going to see from this article. And of course, calling for defunding the FBI, that means that you don't believe in law and order at all because every reasonable person agrees that the FBI, well, they are the arbiters of law and order, of truth, of justice, for sure. Everyone on the left has always thought that for sure. They've always been in big support of the FBI. Green has also made references to civil war on social media as her Republican colleagues compare the FBI to the Gestapo and depict the raid as a sort of thing that only occurs in third world countries. Meanwhile, the pro-Trump internet channels have seen a spike in talk of civil war since the raid. The FBI raid came at a historically divisive time for the U.S., one in which millions of voters continue to believe the false notion that the 2020 presidential election was stolen from Trump. Now, once again on this podcast, what we always say is that we have no freaking clue who won the 2020 election. Officially, it's Joe Biden. I have no proof otherwise. I don't. Is it possible? Yes. Do I have any proof? No. We have to go with that. That's, uh, that's what it is. All right. Such erroneous claims were at the heart of what catalyzed the deadly January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol last year. And historians and experts on democracy warn that these lies continue to foster the potential for further violence. Oh, I already said January 6th one time. We just started, man. Fiona Hill, who served as a leading Russia expert on the National Security Council during the Trump administration, said last month that the distrust in the electoral process and government institutions fomented by Trump and his GOP allies has created a recipe for communal violence. Hill warned the U.S. could ultimately end up in a civil conflict. Now, I don't have to mention, but I will, the fact that... uh, Are they fomenting some divide there on the right? Yeah. Does the left ever foment any kind of political conflict or divisiveness? Uh, Possibly. I don't know. Less than a week after the raid on Trump's home, an armed man attempted to break into the FBI field office in Cincinnati. Authorities have not announced a motive, but are reportedly investigating whether the man who was ultimately killed by police had ties to far-right extremism. The suspected gunman, Ricky Schiffer appears to have posted calls for war and violence against the FBI on Trump's social media network, Truth Social. Barbara Walter, no S, Barbara Walter, a political science professor at the University of California who specializes in political violence, it's a weird specialty, warned in an April op-ed for the New Republic that over the past six years, all of the warning signs for civil war have emerged in the United States and they've emerged at a surprisingly fast rate. Some of the fastest rate of warning signs increasing we've ever seen. 
During a recent meeting at the White House, a group of historians warned Joe Biden that the U.S. is facing threats not unlike those the country saw in the pre-Civil War period. The WAPO reported on Wednesday. Nina Silber, Boston University historian and expert on the U.S. Civil War, told Insider that discussions of the Civil War have been a right-wing talking point for some time now. And it reflects the kind of extremist mentality that goes along with the idea of taking back the country from the radical left-wing demon rats. I said Democrats in this. We all know. Silber said the more this chatter gets normalized, the more it also makes violent behavior seem normal or even inevitable. This is, there is a real threat of conflict, she said, not just because of the talk of violence, but also because of the increasing numbers of people who are armed and ready to use weapons to advance certain political goals. So, of course, this is how it is always going to be portrayed. Now, they didn't use the words domestic terrorists in this article, of course. We have to realize that Whenever it does become time, I do believe that there, I hope there isn't, but there has to be a time sometime that you're going to alter or abolish, right? I'm not saying that it's time to do that, but there could be a time that it is our duty to alter or abolish. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if not, then what's the threat? Why would things ever get better? Of course, but anyone who goes to do that is going to be portrayed as a crazy extremist terrorist And in the eyes of the government, they are right. They are a domestic terrorist because they're against what the government is doing. Of course, that is how it's always going to look to the government and the people in the mainstream. So if that time ever happens, if we do get into this civil war, and I don't want there to be a civil war whatsoever, but if that does ever happen, all I'm asking in this this episode, all I ask is that it's done based on principles and facts. Actual things that we know that we have proof of and actual principles that you want to instill into your new government after you abolish the one we have right now. And not just because of a man, not just because you're upset about what they did to Trump. At, at best, you're talking you're going to get four more years of Trump. What do you think is going to come from that? Like, really, it, this can't be done for a man. Now, if you want it to be done for the idea, then what is the idea? Does Trump actually embody any ideas? Anyone? Do you think he actually embodies some ideas? I don't really think he does. And so that's why when J6 was happening, mentioned it twice now, when J6 was happening, that's the third time, we said that this was a terrible idea. Based on 2020 election, the idea that it was stolen, I still, now you can send it to me, Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. You can send it to me if you have the definitive proof that the 2020 election was stolen and that Trump is the rightful president of the United States. If you've got that, if that's been proven, if that's been shown, then show it to me. But I haven't seen that, so I can't go messing stuff up. Now, was J6 blown out of proportion? Of course it was. Uh, It was not a good idea. People broke some stuff. Some people died. It was not a good idea. It was a protest that turned into a riot, and it was dumb. All right? J6 can win dumb bleep of the year for 2021, but that's not who won. Someone else did. But it's very possible. On that day, we were talking about how things were only going to get worse. Have we gained freedoms after the amazing J6 protest turned riot? The insurrection? Did we gain freedoms? No. 
stuff just got worse afterwards. If some people go out and do some real dumb stuff, like attacking FBI agents randomly, blowing up government buildings, doing anything, what, are we just going to get better after that? No, it's not going to get better after that. It's just going to get worse. And so for all the people who think that they're going to go out there and change things, you're only going to change things for the worse. All right, so don't ruin the party for the rest of us. We're still trying to squeeze the last bit of juice out of this thing that we can possibly get. So if we're going to get nuts over this whole Trump thing, I think that we should make sure it's based on whatever the facts are. And right now, we don't know what the facts are. That's first where everyone needs to be. All right. Now, we have said, is it possible this is a political witch hunt? Nothing happened at all. Maybe they even planted evidence. Of course it's possible. Do I know that they did it? No. Is it possible they did it? Yes. But I don't know. I've got to wait for this stuff to shake out. But a lot of people, when this happens, they're so entrenched in whatever political team they're on, or they're so entrenched with their love of this man, this idol that they have, that they think they know everything. And everything that he says must be true. He's the, he's the, he's the one man that doesn't lie on the, on the face of planet Earth. He could never tell a lie at all. There's only been a few people throughout history, and right now the only one out there is Donald Trump or anyone else who has sworn loyalty to him, of course. Well, let's go through some of the stuff because this is potentially a really big deal. Now, they did unseal the warrant. So from CNN, the FBI recovered 11 sets of classified documents from its search, including some materials marked as top secret slash SCI, one of the highest levels of classification, according to documents from the search warrant that released Friday. Crimes identified in the warrant, so they identified three. It's violations of the Espionage Act, obstruction of justice, and criminal handling of government records. The inclusion of the crimes in the case of Justice Department had probable cause to investigate those offenses as it was gathering evidence. But no one has been charged, of course. What the FBI recovered. So one of the newly unsealed documents is from the search warrant receipt listing the items that the FBI collected from our logo that document reveals. FBI agents removed more than 20 boxes from Trump's resort and residents in Palm Beach, as well as binders of photos, sets of classified government materials, and at least one handwritten note. According to the search warrant receipt, they got one set of top-secret SCI documents, four sets of top-secret documents, three sets of secret documents, and three sets of confidential documents. The warrant receipt didn't detail what the, what the documents were about, uh, but we know just a little bit about them, really. Now, then there's the areas authorized for the search. It was basically Trump's office and anywhere that they could have stored any boxes. It was almost a general warrant, from what I can tell. Not quite, though. They couldn't just go everywhere, but it was pretty close. And it will be interesting to see if there are uh, any Fourth Amendment cases that stem from any of this, uh, any kind of illegal search and seizure. I don't think that there will be. Of course, they've got, they can pretty much do whatever they want. I wanted to go through some of these document classifications because it's going to be important for later on in the conversation. So top secret, that's the highest level. It's top secret if it reasonably could be expected to cause exceptionally grave damage to national security. The subset, SCI, or sensitive compartmented information, is reserved for certain information derived from intelligence sources. Access to an SCI document can be even further restricted 
So that's like double top secret. Some of the materials recovered were marked as top secret SCI. Secret. It's information classified as secret. The information is deemed to be able to cause serious damage to national security. Confidential is the least sensitive level. Applied information is reasonably expected to cause damage to national security if disclosed. All right. So there's also, so there's several claims that are happening. That's what we know so far. We actually don't know much past all of that. Now, some of the argument has been, there's, there's several things we're going to go through here. One, the lawyers weren't allowed to observe the search, and of course they could have planted stuff. We'll go through that. Also, Trump is saying that he declassified the documents, and it turns out that's probably not going to matter. But we don't know, you know, we kind of know, but we don't really have any precedent on this because this is going to end up, this could end up being a legal battle that hasn't happened before. But as far as a president declassifying documents, they're basically saying that if Trump, in his mind, declassified the documents, then they are then declassified afterwards. And that's one of the claims and the arguments is being made. Well, he declassified everything. He's a president. He can declassify everything. I don't know exactly where we're going to come down on this. NBC News also said that they don't know where they're going to come down on this. So uh, Trump says he declassified the Mar-a-Lago documents. Experts say it's unclear whether that will hold up. So they are saying that any sensitive documents he brought with him have been declassified, but some legal and presidential record experts are skeptical and say that Trump could be in criminal jeopardy regardless. While the Justice Department has a long history of prosecuting cases involving the mishandling of classified information, no such case has ever been brought against a former president, the one government official who can declassify information at will. Quote, as the facts stand now, his defense will be, I declassified those documents. I am not therefore in possession of classified documents now, said a senior fellow with the Heritage Foundation. Those in Trump's orbit say that no president is personally bound by the removal and retention rules governing classified documents, which can be declassified if the president simply says they are, according to Rick Grinnell, who is Trump's acting director of national intelligence and who handled highly classified information. Quote, there is no approval process for the president to declassify intelligence. There's this phony idea that he must provide notification for declassification, but that's silly. Who is he supposed to notify? Grinnell told NBC. Trump himself said on Truth Social that it was all declassified. Richard Emmerman, assistant deputy director of national intelligence under the Obama administration, said that while the president has the authority to declassify, there's a formal process for doing so, and there's no indication Trump did it. He says he can't just wave a wand and say it's declassified. There's a formal process. He's going to go through the process. And so then we're going to have this argument over whether or not they were actually declassified. Now, that could really just end up not mattering still because of one of the other charges that they potentially have on here, one of the other claims on the warrant they have from the New York Times. They say such a claim would not settle the matter. For one thing, two of the laws that the search warrant executed uh, section 1519-2071, make the taking or concealment of government records a crime, regardless of whether they had anything to do with national security. So basically, the taking or concealing those documents, even if you had declassified them, I guess there's still laws saying that you can't do that. So this whole declassified, classified argument could end up not mattering uh, at all. 
So that's another thing that we have to take into account. So when you're talking to people about this and they say, well, he already declassified the documents. Okay. We can have that conversation. Still, was he legally allowed to take them? I don't know. And it turns out a lot of people also don't know this. This could end up being a long, drawn-out legal battle, and it likely will be a long, drawn-out legal battle. There's another interesting situation that's happening right now, which is that Trump's lawyer told the Justice Department that the classified material had been returned. So at least one lawyer signed a written statement in June asserting that all material marked as classified, held in boxes in in a storage area, had been returned to the government. The written declaration was made after a visit on June 3rd uh, by, let's see, Jay Bratt, the top counterintelligence official in the Justice Department's National Security Division. Mr. Trump said on Friday he had declassified all the material in his possession while he was in office. He did not provide any documentation that he had done so. So now they're saying that his Trump, that Trump's lawyer, and maybe that will also extend to Trump, actually lied when they said that they didn't have any classified documents. And that was actually an assigned, a written statement from Trump's lawyer. Now, is this going to come back on Trump's lawyer? Is Trump going to be shielded from some of this? There's a lot of ways Trump could potentially end up being shielded from this. I don't, I don't know if he will be or not. I mean, it wasn't his personal residence. Uh, but his lawyer is the one who signed the statement saying that it wasn't there. Uh, we know Trump didn't pack the boxes. He also didn't unload the boxes. He might be able to claim that he had no knowledge of what was in the boxes. And this was some person that was working for him that hid these classified documents in an effort to screw him later on down the line. That there was some kind of a conspiracy on that end of things. Just be ready for all of that. Did they plant evidence? I've heard this plenty of times, and we talked about it a little bit too. I got no clue whether or not they planted any evidence. Is it possible that they would want to plant any evidence? It's definitely possible they would want to do that. It, Regardless of what you think about them, could we agree that there's been a little bit of bias towards Trump over the last five or six years? Just a little bit, maybe. We'll go through some of that here in a bit. But... With this claim that they planted evidence, Trump is now backing off of this claim a little bit because it turns out that Trump and his family watched the FBI raid on security footage. His lawyer said that despite, this is from the New York Post, despite Trump suggesting federal agents may have planted evidence during their raid, he and his family were able to see the whole operation on security camera footage one of his lawyers revealed Thursday. Quote, it's kind of funny. I think the folks in New York, President Trump and his family, probably had a better view than I did because they had the CCTV they were able to watch. I was, you know, I got stuck in the parking lot there to, you know, collect, wow, what a great quote, collect paper and answer questions, but they were actually able to see the whole thing. So they actually had a better idea of what took place inside. So that's obviously going to play against this idea that they were planting evidence. Now, could they have done it afterwards? Of course they could have. I don't know what the process is with Trump's lawyers, if they were able to go through every single thing that was in the boxes at the time that they took them. Of course, they do have this receipt. Was there ever a time that someone had a box when no one was looking or there was a blind spot on the camera? There is always a way that you're going to be able to make the claim that they put stuff in the boxes. Or they switched the box. Who knows? Maybe they switched the box. There's all sorts of ways we can make this into a conspiracy theory. 
what everyone has to remember is that we're never going to be able to prove that they did that. Unless someone comes forward and says, yeah, they told me to put stuff in the boxes and I did it. Gosh, dang it. That's about the only way it's ever going to happen. Other than that, no, we don't need to start a civil war based on the idea that they planted evidence because you can't prove that they planted any evidence. Just like you really couldn't prove that the 2020 election was stolen. So would they want to do this? Sure. Sure. I think they would want to do this. Of course they would. Do we know that they did it? No, we don't. If you're going to start a civil war, people on the far right extreme, can we please, please do this based on principles and factual information? I'm not saying to do any of it. I'm just asking that you meet some criteria beforehand. Factual information that you have somehow firsthand knowledge of that this happened. And you're an extremely principled person. You don't care if Trump is ever president again or anyone who even likes Trump is ever in control of the government ever again because you just care about freedom and liberty and know that the government is this giant tyranny and you've actually been wanting to get rid of the FBI since the day uh, you were born or became aware of the FBI and all of that, not just because you really, really like Donald Trump. Let's not do that. Another claim that I've heard plenty of times, well, Obama took like 30 million documents away from the White House, right? Didn't he? I can't find anything backing up that claim, y'all. I saw some stuff that didn't outright refute it, but what it was were articles talking about Trump's claim that Obama took 30 million documents. Like this one from the Washington Times, not exactly the most unbiased paper out there. They say Trump says Obama took many classified documents, and they still had to put in the title that the National Archives disputes that. They don't just dispute it. They just outright deny that that was a thing and say that it's completely made up. In addition to that, I can also bring you stuff from Newsweek and from Fox News themselves, specifically Brett Baer over at Fox News saying uh, in the wake of the FBI raid, do we have to start every article with uh, the FBI raid of Trump's personal residence, Marla? Uh, let's just get down to the point. That's why I like uh, who does that kind of thing. Axios does that kind of thing sometimes. I mean, they still suck, but they get right to the point. We don't need all this fluff is what I'm trying to say. The former president tried to draw parallels to Obama relocating federal records to Chicago after he left the White House. Quote, what are they going to do with the 33 million pages of documents, many of which are classified that President Obama took to Chicago? Trump asked Friday in the Truth Social Post. Trump made a similar claim on Thursday, writing, quote, what happened to the 30 million pages of documents taken from the White House to Chicago by Barack Hussein Obama? He refused to give them back. What is going on? Bayer, Brett Bayer. Fox News rejected the comparison, saying that Obama had relocated the documents, but the action had followed the legal process. In Trump's case, the legal process does not appear to have been followed, although the former president and his attorneys contend that he declassified the material. There is a process. President Obama, according to the NARA, I'm sorry, I can't, can't remember what it stands for, something to do with national records, and that statement and everything we know followed the process to get those documents to Chicago, Bear said. There was a lot of grumbling that they hadn't been posted online as promised, but how they were handled was done by that process. So they were supposed to be posted online, these 33 million documents. They just didn't have enough scanners 
was the issue. It's a lot of documents to get posted online. You know, they're probably still doing it right now. On Friday, the National Archives and Records Administration, that's what NARA stands for, released a statement rejecting Trump's claims, uh, saying that they assumed exclusive legal and physical custody of Obama's presidential records when he left office in 2017 in accordance with the Presidential Records Act. They moved approximately 30 million pages of unclassified records to a facility in the Chicago area where they are maintained exclusively by NARA. So all I'm saying is we're going to need a little bit more than that because that's another thing that I've heard. Well, Obama did it. No one's going after them. I really can't find anyone proving that Obama took these records in the same manner that Trump took records and no one went after him for it. Maybe you could find something like that on, uh, you know, like Breitbart or something like that. Let me complain to you real quick about Breitbart. Breitbart's posted several articles about this judge who signed the warrant being tied to Jeffrey Epstein. Now, the tie is that he think, I think he once represented some people who worked for Epstein. Okay, we could look into that. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's something substantial in that. But you got to be real careful when you do stuff like this. Like, if you're going to point out the fact that this Epstein-linked person cannot be trusted, and then, like, your main headline about... Trump being Fourth Amendment rights being violated is from Alan Dershowitz on Breitbart, who literally represented Jeffrey Epstein, not his personnel, who actually represented Jeffrey Epstein in 2006. I'm just saying we're going to have to uh, maybe have some principles on this. If you're going to use the Epstein link, uh, then maybe you shouldn't go to Epstein's actual attorneys to talk about how Trump's getting screwed. Not a good idea. That's uh, it's not very unbiased. Now let's get to the other thing, because here's where we actually can back up some of the stuff. What's this from May 9th, 2017? President Trump fires FBI Director James Comey. May 9th, 2017. Now why did he do that? Likely had to do with a couple things. Maybe it had something to do with this whole Russia thing that was going on, which we'll mention here in a sec, or maybe that's something to do with Hillary's emails. Now, but what, but her emails is a response and it's a valid question. Like, okay, if you're gonna, if you're gonna prosecute him for this, which no charges have been brought yet, if you're going to charge him with a crime and put him in prison, do we apply the law evenly? Or does that depend on what political party, that person's a member of, how, how well connected they are. It does not excuse, however, actions by future people. If one person gets away with something, and you can make the argument that they are biased in the way that they apply the law, but it does not mean that everyone can get away with that forever because someone else got away with it. That's a, that's a really bad cycle afterwards. Now, if they make Trump like the first person that they're going to go after on this whole thing? Is that biased? Yeah, it probably is. Is it a political witch hunt to make sure he doesn't run for president? It probably is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably is. Let's go from this article from the New York Post. In 2017, President Trump abruptly fired James Comey late Tuesday for a startling reason, ending the investigation into Hillary Clinton's email server. 
quote, the FBI's reputation and credibility have suffered substantial damage and it has affected the entire Department of Justice. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein or Stein, whichever one wrote in the memo, I cannot defend the director's handling of the conclusion of the investigation of Secretary Clinton's emails and I do not understand his refusal to accept the nearly universal judgment that he was mistaken. Almost everyone agrees that the director made serious mistakes. It is one of the few issues that unites people of diverse perspectives. The president said that the FBI needed fresh leadership. And man, maybe he's regretting the person that he picked. Maybe he should have kept the person who doesn't prosecute people for taking classified documents. <laughs> if you're going to take classified documents, I'm just saying, maybe you uh, keep the person in there who literally decided not to bring any charges against someone who was mishandling classified documents. That's one of the better ideas of doing. Let's go through some of this Hillary Clinton thing. This is a screenshot from CBS News. Hillary Clinton had emails on her server more classified than top secret. That's even more than top secret. Kind of sounds like some of the stuff that Trump had. Weird. From factcheck.org, where I thought I would just get the runaround for sure. Luckily, this hasn't been updated since July 7th, 2016. And we have to make sure that we keep all the screenshots of this thing. Clinton's handling of classified information. Mm. Clinton repeatedly claimed that she did not send or receive any information that was marked classified in her personal emails. That's false. From factcheck.org. FBI Director James Comey said more than 2,000 emails contained classified information and some of them bore markings indicating the presence of classified information. Clinton said her lawyers went through every single email to determine which ones were personal and which ones were work-related and that they were overly inclusive, which ones they provided to the State Department. Comey said the lawyers did not go through every email. Rather, they basically searched for classified stuff we're not supposed to have in the uh, search bar, and they just went through those emails. We now know from the FBI investigation that more than 2,000 of the 30,000 emails Clinton turned over to the State Department contained classified information, 2,000, including the 110 emails in 52 email chains that contained classified information at the time they were sent or received. Some of the emails contained classified information bore markings indicating the presence of classified information. Contrary to Clinton's claims that none was marked classified. Several thousand work-related emails were not turned over to the State Department in 2014, but were recovered by the FBI. Three of those were classified at the time that they were sent or received. And then it gets real interesting after that. <clears throat> by the way, Clinton had a Democratic debate. Now, she wasn't under oath during any of this. February 4th, she said, I never sent or received any classified material. March 9th. But here's the cut to the chase facts. I did not send or receive any emails marked classified at that time. May 8th, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Also, there was never any material marked classified that was sent or received by me. And on July 3rd, I never received nor sent any material that was marked classified. Those were not true. Did she know that they weren't true? I don't know. Probably Comey added that the FBI, here's where it gets real interesting, quote, found no evidence that any of the work-related emails were intentionally deleted in an effort to conceal them. As for the emails sorted by Clinton's lawyers, 
who deleted all emails not deemed work-related. Comey said he had reasonable confidence that there was no intentional misconduct in connection with that sorting effort. Okay, that is interesting. And then, what do we get after that? Oh, she's cleared twice. In July, an FBI investigation concluded no reasonable prosecutor would bring a criminal case against Mrs. Clinton, but that she had that she and her aides were extremely careless in their handling of classified information. Then the FBI surprised everyone 11 days before the election by announcing it was examining the newly discovered emails sent. And then two days before the voting booths opened across the nation, FBI Director James Comey announced he was standing by his original assessment that Mrs. Clinton should not face criminal charges. Now, if those standards are not followed with Trump, then you got something there. Then you got a major complaint. Problem is, it's not the same person. It's not the same people. So, Comey's gone, right? Like I said, maybe you should have kept the guy who didn't prosecute someone for uh, mishandling classified information. But they decided that she didn't intend to delete the emails, that they were extremely careless in their handling of the classified information. Could you make that case for Trump right now? Probably. I think that case could be made. Did he pack the boxes? No. Did they leave out of there in a hurry because they were convinced that they were somehow going to keep the White House and not actually have to go anywhere? So they had to scramble, grab all the boxes and go, and maybe didn't properly go through every single thing before they left? Yeah, they could have been extremely careless in their handling of classified information, but then their lawyer signed something saying that they don't have any classified information. Turns out they do, but now they're saying that all of it was declassified. Turns out that doesn't matter because the other thing they're trying to uh, potentially charge him with or get him on, which is taking the documents in the first place. So anyway, no reasonable prosecutor would bring a criminal case against Mrs. Clinton. PolitiFact. <laughs> Here's one thing. Let's go to PolitiFact first. What's the difference between what Trump did and what Clinton did. So Bradley Moss, a Washington-based lawyer who works on national security cases, said that they are, they are significantly different. Trump took properly marked hard copy classified documents, shipped them to Florida, and stored them in an unsecured location. The presence of classified information in Clinton's emails was less obvious. The emails were never marked as classified because these were communications from unclassified government accounts. It's not true. They actually found later that a bunch of them were actually marked to be classified. But nonetheless, this updated since August 9th PolitiFact fact check uh, points out the difference between the two that Trump took hard copy classified documents and hers were in emails on a private server, which he wasn't supposed to have. And she doesn't have a printer. No one has a printer at all. So that's the big difference. He, his were already printed out, and hers had yet to be printed. Of course, no possibility that they were ever going to be printed out. And so that's the main difference between the two of them. Then there's other stuff, you know, like this whole Russia thing. Why would we believe that they were potentially just going after him because of Tim? I don't know. Maybe because we spent his entire presidency talking about how he was a Russian plant, a Russian spy, that they had actually put him in the power and he was just doing work for Russia. We don't have to go into that whole thing, but it does seem to be that there were some high-level people in the DOJ, maybe even the FBI, that uh, didn't like Trump very much and that were very interested in getting him out of office. 
you all know what all happened there. So we got this information. When it comes to the Clinton thing, I think that there's a I think that there's a grievance that everyone can claim here. When it comes to the Obama email or the Obama documents thing, drop the Obama 30 million documents claim. Well, I'm trying to talk to people that are on the right right now. If we're going to complain about stuff, and if we're going to say that he's getting screwed, then we got to figure out how you're actually going to make that argument. What basis are you going to make the argument on? Is it going to be on principles? Maybe you don't like the Espionage Act. Espionage Act has got a pretty dirty history that we're going to have to dive into just a little bit. But man, it's not real great. I'll tell you what. The, the whole thing. Rand Paul came out over the weekend saying that we needed to get rid of the Espionage Act. I tend to agree with him. The way that it's been used in the past has not been great. There could be some rules for stealing documents or whatever. Espionage Act maybe goes just a little bit too far. I think that we could get rid of that. So is it because you don't like the Espionage Act? I'm talking to someone on the right right now. Is that it? Well, okay. But make sure that if it were Obama that did this exact same thing and that you found on, in, in his storage shed on Martha's Vineyard, one of the ones that's not about to get flooded from uh, climate change, in his storage shed there were a bunch of boxes of classified information. Make sure that you would not be calling for his head on a plate right now or whatever or for him to be in jail. Let's just say it in a lot better way. Make sure that you wouldn't be calling for him to be in prison right now. Because if you would be calling for him to be in prison, and he was like, well, I'll, I'll declassify the documents. And you'd be like, ah, you can't declassify documents, man. you got to follow the formal rules for declassifying documents. Everyone knows this. Law and order. America. Which way do you think you would go if it were someone on the opposite side? Same thing happens with Biden afterwards. He's got boxes out there that Hunter Biden's uh, having sex and doing crack on top of. And you see there's a bunch of classified documents out there. What are you going to say about it? You know, you're going to say it needs to be put in prison because you believe the president should be able to take whatever documents they want and say inside their head that they are, that they are, they declare declassification. And that's all it needs. Is that where you're going to go with it? Well, now it's all going to depend on what they do to Trump, right? So if they go with the Trump, then you want them to go after them. If they don't, I don't know. You'll probably still want them to go after them. So what are we supposed to believe in this whole thing? There's so many different ways that this can go. We don't have all the information yet. We don't know if they're going to charge him with a crime. Maybe they find all this and they still don't charge him with a crime. Maybe that gets people on the left upset. Maybe it also, uh, they have one more opportunity to paint Trump as this person who is potentially doing bad things and stealing the nuclear codes and giving them the people or whatever they want to say he's doing. That way they can just have a little bit more to say about Trump and they can still make the midterm election about Trump and they can still make the next election about Trump because they basically just need to keep running against Trump. Maybe they don't actually plan on charging him with the crime. They just want to make sure that he's back in the news and that he's back on the forefront of everyone's minds. Maybe they do actually want to charge him with a crime because they want to make sure that he can't run again. It's very possible, but there's a chance that that could go really sideways And I don't want it to go sideways in the violent manner. And I'm worried that that's going to happen. That's why I wanted to go through all of this stuff today. 
If you're someone who's going to get very, very upset about this, you have to be sure why you're upset about this and on the basis of what claims. Do you think that they planted information? If you don't have proof of that, then I don't think you should uh, be calling for violence or a civil war based on something that you have no proof of. If you think that they are applying things unevenly, there's better ways than violence to get that across. I do believe you could still not be crazy and you could win a presidential election with your guy and have him severely dismantle this bureaucratic state that we have. Not that Republicans would actually go for someone like that because we all remember a guy named Ron Paul. Man, I do have to make some Ron Paul shirts sometime. Don't blame me. I voted for Ron Paul. Okay. He was right. Can we all agree that Ron Paul was right? Can we all agree that the Republicans should have chosen Ron Paul and they had two choices to do so? All the stuff that they are complaining about right now, Ron Paul was talking about 10 years ago, 14 years ago, 50 years ago. All right. So maybe think about that for a minute, but don't make it about Ron Paul. Don't make it about Donald Trump. Make it about the ideas and make it about those principles because that's how you could actually solve the problem down the road. We're not going to do this by putting all of your faith in one single person because there's another thing that you have to consider. There is another thing that everyone has to consider right now that is on the right and who is upset about this. And I'm worried that no one is going to consider it that it's, that's on the right. Consider the idea that Donald Trump is a greedy, narcissistic businessman who knowingly took documents from the White House that he believed could help him in the future by using information against people, selling the information to other governments. I'm not saying he did that. I'm saying that if you're going to think about all, the, all of the options, then you have to think about all of the options. You are not considering all of the options if you're not considering the idea that Trump did it and he knew he did it and that he was committing a crime and that he had really, really nefarious reasons for doing this and he was going to sell the information or whatever it was to the highest bidder. If you're not considering that idea, then you're not actually considering everything. You're just being a biased hack. Consider it. And actually thinking that that is a possibility, maybe that'll stop people from doing some crazy stuff. The people who do the crazy stuff, they don't consider that to be a possibility. And that is because somehow Trump has this massive cult of people who literally treat him like he is the Messiah, like he's the second coming, like he would do no wrong. He would never lie about anything. He would never cheat or steal or do anything like that. I don't know how the hell he got this persona because everything you got from his past tells you just the opposite. It's crazy, man. Was he a terrible president? No, I don't think so. Was he perfect? No. We have to be objective in this situation. I am, uh, I am upset about this because this is a big deal. I don't like the bureaucracy in the first place. I don't like the FBI. I don't like what all of these agencies have been doing. And I don't like the idea that they would be doing this for political purposes to try and help the left, you know, keep their power or anything. 
But I also don't know that that's specifically what's going on. Maybe he did do this. Maybe he's trying to sell some stuff to Saudi Arabia for all we know. I don't know. What kind of an objective, unbiased person am I if I don't consider that to be a possibility? And so until I have more information, yeah, I'm upset because this could be a political witch hunt, but I'm not going to go burn anything down or go protest because I don't have all the information. So wait until we get all the information. And also, when you have the opportunity in the future to vote for someone who is actually principled, who would actually decrease the size of the government and remove some of these agencies, maybe don't laugh them off the stage. Maybe don't do that. That's a possibility, because somehow it feels like people are getting what's coming to them. And like I tweeted out on Friday, I'd feel a lot worse for Trump right now if he would have pardoned Assange and Snowden. That, that would have been maybe, uh, who was the other? Chelsea Manning? Some of the other people out there? Yeah, I'd feel a lot worse for him, for sure, when it comes to this whole espionage act thing. And by the way, just to give Trump a little bit of credit where none was given to him in this Business Insider article. Trump sent a cryptic message to Merrick Garland before the warrant was unsealed. So Trump attempted to convey a cryptic message to Attorney General Merrick Garland following the FBI raid. According to the New York Times, Trump wanted Garland to know that he had been speaking with people around the country and that they were enraged by the FBI search. Here's what Trump said to Garland. The country is on fire. What can I do to reduce the heat? That was it. That was the message from Trump. The country is on fire. What can I do to reduce the heat? Business Insider decides to take this and say, several people took to social media to suggest that Trump's message to Garland could be interpreted as a veiled threat. Several people suggested that Trump's message could be interpreted as a veiled threat. Quote, one more time, the country is on fire. What can I do to reduce the heat? That is a veiled threat. Robert McGuire, a research director at the nonpartisan Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics, said that the message appeared to suggest that Trump can fan the flames of violence. <laughs> so does, I mean, does he even have a chance? Does he, if he were going to be like the guy that's going to decrease the temperature out here, does he even have a chance? Now on the flip side of that, he's not exactly doing everything he can to reduce the temperature because I've been watching his truth social today and that's, that's not, it's not what's happening. But the, uh, also today from the Hill, uh, Trump said that his aides have reached out to the DOJ to offer whatever we can do to help, saying that the temperature has to be brought down after a spike in threats against law enforcement following the FBI search. So it does appear that Trump is aware of the fact that there are people that are going to go crazy. And that's why I've, I, that is why the basic idea of this podcast today is before you do anything crazy, not that anyone listening to this podcast is going to do that, but maybe you know someone. Before anyone does anything crazy, let's make sure we have the facts. And even Trump seems to be recognizing the fact that the temperature has to be brought down. He said, what can I do to reduce the heat? Whatever we can do to help because the temperature has to be brought down in the country. 
Trump said. If it isn't, terrible things are going to happen. So that's why we had this conversation today. No terrible things need to happen about this situation right now. Now, you want to go protest at an IRS building because they consistently steal your money without your consent, then that's another thing. But based on this raid at a rich guy's massive estate in Florida, where he has now admitted that they did find documents that were not properly declassified, and we do not know exactly what was in the documents yet, maybe hold off a little bit. Just hold off a minute. We have no idea what the documents were yet. Not that I've seen so far today. I've been looking up stuff on this all day. We do not know uh, other than uh, there were two things that they mentioned. Uh, Sorry, one thing they said it was something to do with Macron, a French president or whatever they call him over there. And uh, something had to do with Roger Stone, I believe. And that was, that was it. Those are the only two things I think that we for sure know so far. They have not uh, said anything else since then. So once we figure that out, once they say what the documents were, then we'll see what Trump responds with. I, Trump responds with, I didn't have anything pertaining to nuclear secrets. This is a hoax. They planted this evidence. Then we go down that road of they planted the evidence. Now they're trying to get them for trying to leak nuclear secrets out there to Saudi Arabia or something like that. Then we go down that road right there. Or maybe it was something that just had nothing to do with anything and it wasn't important. And like Amanda was just saying, they're just classified because they're classified because the people who wrote them think that they're more important than what they actually are. And it's a really dumb situation and they're basically just getting them because his tail lights out or he didn't use a turn signal properly. And that's going to be annoying. We have to ask whether or not he did in fact break a law. We can complain about the fact that the law is not applied evenly and we will be right about that. But then you also have to ask if the next person, if Biden does the exact same thing, would you want Biden to be able to declassify any documents that he wants and take them home with him where he could do whatever he wanted with him, any documents that he pleased? And if the answer to that is no, then all you have to do is make sure that this is applied evenly from here on out. But that does not absolve Trump of breaking a law, even if the law is dumb. So anyway, like I said, we're going to wait. We're going to wait for more information. If you enjoyed today's episode and you think that there was valuable information inside it, maybe someone needs to hear, then share it with a friend. I've been seeing people share our podcast on Twitter a lot lately and on Facebook, and I greatly appreciate it. That helps more than you know. It helps even if you don't get like a ton of responses on your Twitter. It tells the algorithm in the podcast app that people are hitting the share button on this podcast and it makes it more likely to show that podcast to other people. So that helps more than you even know. So keep doing it. I really appreciate it. You can go to godhatesfeds.com to get your favorite God Hates Feds merchandise perfect timing to release those shirts by the way ma'am that was good timing anyway if you enjoyed it share it with the friends the family the children and if you do all that i or maybe both of us will be back tomorrow but until then have a good day and a good morning liberty